You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care, whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. Bryson, talk about a win on Sunday, a statement win for Steve Wilkes, a statement win for the Carolina Panthers, their first win on the road. We were both at a watch party for this one. It was a damn good one. Yeah, uh, talk about exciting times in Carolina. Uh, I can't remember the last time we were playing important games in December. So uh, to be able to to just watch something that has meaning is is, is really exciting in Carolina. Yeah, it's uh, you know the first time since I've moved to this area where this team is in contention for a playoff spot, which is very exciting. And we got a lot to talk about tonight. We got a guest on. It's been a while since we had one on. I think, Will, last time you joined us was in summer. But we got Will Kunkel here from Queen City News, host of Charlotte Sports Live. He's also got the podcast, Railable Journey. Will, good to have you back. My man, I, you know what's the best part? is First of all, thanks for having me again. But uh, we get to be positive versus trying to find positives while all kind of knowing we're, we're BSing a lot of listeners. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough. It was tough times, you know, the early part, you know, first five weeks of the season. But, you know, Wilkes has really got this team headed in the right direction. Guys are buying in, they're playing together. And that's kind of where I wanted to start was, uh, what do you think Wilkes is doing well right now and, you know, kind of steered this ship the way he wants it to run? I think most importantly, he's just instilled the kind of a we're an adult, we're adults, we are professionals, you will get your job done. If we don't get your job done, we'll have a discussion. And if we don't get the job done, we know how to correct it versus I think it was a little tight under the old regime, whether it be I uh, just kind of not it was, uh, for whatever reason, it was tight. Um, people weren't guys weren't playing fast. They weren't playing mindless, which is what you need to do. But it's Wilkes has instilled his culture around here quickly and it's it's been impressive what he's done um and, it, and the players have played just that much better for, for whatever reason dj moore uh i think there were reports that he was in a walking boot in a brace uh do you know any more on his situation so yeah i was the one that reported that um he ha- he's in a walking boot because he got rolled up on on his ankle late in the game uh against the seahawks and then he's done he's on a brace both of them are precautionary right now We'll find out more on Wednesday what his status is for Sunday. We don't know at this point. The MRI revealed it was nothing serious. So that's the best part. Uh, whether it's a week or two or, or no weeks, I guess we'll find out. It's kind of where we sit right now. Okay. Well, that, that's good news. I know a lot of fans were worried after that uh, Rappaport tweet came out. and It was kind of like it went under the radar during during the end of the game that DJ Moore got injured. It was kinda... it's funny. I knew something was up because I was in the press box and I had my binoculars kind of just looking on the sideline at the end, just seeing who's talking to who, who's doing what, what's, you know, what's going on. And I saw Sam go up to DJ and he was kind of dejected and he's never dejected, even when he has a bad game, which, you know, he made no impact from a receiving standpoint and no catches um, on only three targets. But he looked at, he kind of looked down and Sam was like, what's up? And he kind of pointed to his leg and I was like, oh, something's going on there. So this is why it came mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Okay. 
anyway. let's talk. I wanted to talk to you about that a little bit, Will, about DJ Moore. Is there concern at all? Because it seems like, you know, over the really since Wilkes taken over, I think this is the second game where, you know, DJ has minimal impact. And I get it. They're trying, you know, he's built this identity, this heavy power run style of offense, and you kind of build off the run and play action off of it. But you got to get your playmakers the ball. And we did not see much of that or any of that on Sunday. And it, it's happened before. Yeah, I don't know that, it, you know, against Denver, he had four catches, 103 yards. There was obviously the big one for 52. Before that, you know, he had three catches against Baltimore, four catches against Atlanta, two against Cincinnati. It's the problem is your quarterback. Listen, I like Sam, and I think he's doing his job right now. He's not great. He's not a world beater. But when your game plan is run first, like you mentioned, and then run second, and then run third, and run fourth, you just you're not going to get your wide receiver touches. And when it does, it'll have to be in chunk yards for him to get a whole bunch of yards, or it's going to have to be a whole lot of work and dump off yards. Because of just the game plan and the way Sam is playing. Sam is playing very smart to take care of the ball. And I even noticed my observation of Sam in Seattle was he had some guys that were open 15, 20 yards down the field. And it would have taken a good throw, not a great throw, but a good throw to get it. And he neglected to throw the ball and hit a, a wide open Chuba or a wide open Ian Thomas underneath. And, and he's just taking the yards right now. So I don't think he trusts himself to make the – I don't know, on a scale of one to 10, like the six and a half to seven difficulty throws. Now there's somewhere like that throw to Terrence Marshall. I think it was a bad decision that worked out because yeah. he was blanketed and it somehow got through and he caught it with his legs. But I think that leads to DJ Moore. You know, if DJ Moore has two steps on a guy. It may not be enough for Sam to throw the ball. So it may not be a DJ Moore thing. It's just in conjunction with running the ball a bunch and Sam Darnold not taking risks, which he can't take risks. Like he has to take care of the ball. It's not worth it unless you're trailing by 15. You just got to take care of the ball. So DJ's got to get 10 yards of separation or they got to create that game plan uh, for DJ, which you can do, but, you know, your bread and butter, just run, 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 run. Yeah, and I guess while we're on the topic of Sam Darnold, uh, I think there was a report a week or two ago that came out from Rappaport that the Panthers were giving Sam Darnold a legitimate look down the stretch. Uh, for the final four or five games of the season. Uh, do you get that sense that they are doing that and um, there is a possibility that he can return next season, maybe in a backup role or a bridge quarterback type role? I think for sure, because he knows the system. Now, who knows if back is going to be here, but he knows the team, he knows the system, he knows the building, he knows all of that. He's an awesome dude. He is the best guy to do something like that. I don't care what anybody has to say about him on the field. You're, you have your opinions, it's fine. Nobody can rip who he is as a person, as a man, and how he handled the Baker situation, how he's coming back, and how he's keeping his nose down and doing his job. Um, it, who knows? Because everything can change. Right? It's not impossible to lose the last four games. It's not impossible to win the last four games. So your draft position will be completely different. Who knows what they're going to, what other moves and trades Scott's going to make to get picks and get capital move up in the draft? Who knows? Uh, but I think it is very very possible that Sam is around. Somebody needs to be around because you're yeah. either like somebody has to be here. I don't know who the free agents are that you're going to go out and get Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady. I mean, they're not, they're not a whole lot of them that you're going to want to get. Sam would be at that top of the list. And if you have the ability to bring him back, then do so. He's not going to get started money anywhere. So you can lower his salary and save money there and still have him maybe even start a couple games. So the market won't be extremely high from a high salary standpoint. Uh, 
but unless you want to bring in a, I think they're high on Will Levis. Uh, if you want to bring him in and start from day one, which I think is always stupid. You know, I love starting a guy or sitting a guy and then let him start later. Personally, who knows? Like, there's definitely a good possibility of it. I don't think that's the wrong thing. I know people will roll their eyes like Sam again, but I mean, what's the alter? What's your other idea? Yeah, yeah. I why totally why do you say they love Will or you think they like Will Levis? Is that just, just some sources and people I talk to, and then the trips they've taken to go out there and see him a couple times? Unfortunately, he's played really bad when they've gone out there, but he looks the part. Like he's got the arm, he's got the body. So did Mitch Trubisky. You know, you can say that a lot about a lot of guys. You can say it about Jamarcus Russell. It's, so, it's, it's, it's a boring conversation, but it's all right, right here. Can you slow the game down? Can you see the field without everything speeding up on you? Like, we saw that with Baker, and then he goes to L.A. and kills it. But we saw Baker, he sped up everything. And Sam, when things go bad for Sam, he speeds things up. You create your own pressure. So, we'll see. I don't know. I like Caleb Williams, but he's not coming out. So, Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> I think that dude's gonna be special. Yeah, and then and then that, that do you do you gain a bunch of capital? Ride with Sam for another year. The problem is you're starting to get like this roster is a winning roster. This roster is better than where we are as we're as we're starting to see it come together because you're starting to have an identity that you can't tank. But can you get enough capital to where next year you can trade up and make a move? Who I don't know, but I think Sam. Will, my guess is my bet is Sam will be on the roster. Let's talk about the run game. We hinted, we talked about a little bit there at early on, but 224 yards on the ground. I mean, just they just literally ran it down Seattle's throat, and Seattle knew they were running the ball. Um, and the offensive line has been a large part to that. Um, they, I think, they had at one point they had eight offensive linemen on the field for one of the plays. Can you just talk about the success up front? Because last year we've had you on. And that was like the focal point. This was the one of the biggest weaknesses on this team. And here we are. And, you know, it's it's a bright spot of this offense. What a difference. Like, shout out to Scott Fitterer. He turned in. It's the most important part of a team. And it was the worst part of our team. Oh, what are we sipping on tonight? <laughs> we got a little wine here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. What kind? A light Pinot or a heavy no. cat? I'm a sweet guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dessert wine. This this one is uh, out of West Jefferson. That oh boy. <laughs> but anyway, um, where were uh, he turned the worst part of the most important part of the team outside of the quarterback, you know, the most important room, if you will, into the best part of the team, and that is the game that they're in that situation against whoever the team might be. Quite a bit. Like the Panthers aren't getting slaughtered, but they're losing games in the fourth quarter because the games are 15 minutes too long. They can't seem to hold on to leads in the past. They can't seem to control the ball when it mattered most. They leaned on the offensive line and went, they took punches to the face, got up, and then answered because of the offensive line. In the past, they'd get up and be like, hey, let's do this, but they couldn't answer because they didn't have the offensive line that would protect the quarterback or that could move the defensive line to control the ball. On the last two possessions, they ran 16 play or 18 plays, 16 of them runs. They had the ball for 10 minutes and had 10 points. That is absolute domination late in the game. And that's how you salt away a win. You just start to wither the other the team out and you lean on them and you win. This offensive line not only protects the quarterback, but they dominate the offensive line and they move bodies. And it's impressive to watch. And it's actually fun to watch because it's starting to become 
kind of a bit of a sport for this offensive line to dominate the opponent. And it was, again, a game they lose eight out of ten times because they can't control the ball and the Seahawks couldn't gain momentum and get points, come back and win. And it felt like that. I talked to some guys in that roster that were saying, we could feel the tide turning, but the offensive line went out there and said, watch this, like, hold my beer. We're going to take this over tonight. And they did. Yeah, you can definitely see that in the gameplay itself. And uh, I, I hope they keep that unit together and bring back Bozeman. Uh, I mean, that's just, like you said, it's the best position group on the team, I think. Um, go- let me add some quick there, because I've never seen where a team literally ran the ex- literally the same play with LaVisca on the rollout and then he'd come back. I mean, it was it was comical to watch. It really was. It was stop, you know why? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And like, hey, stop it. The Giants did that a couple times earlier in the season, mm-hmm. and a lot of attention was brought to that on some NFL shows. And the, and the Panthers were like, hey, we're running it. And he's heard Bruce Irving after the game was like, I'm a, I'm a father. I'm a, chi- I'm a father of three. I do not let another man put his hands on me. And until the 11, do- 11 other guys think that same way, we're not going to be able to stop the run. Like they were pissed. Like the one dude was saying, I'm not going to sleep for a week. They just ran it down us and they demoralized us. Like That is alpha man football, man on man, and you lost every single time in a bad battle of physicality. That is so demoralizing. And teams around the NFL, it is hard to say that a team with five wins put the NFL on notice. But when the NFC South is so bad, you're, you're kind of still around conversations. And I think the – I don't know that they put them on notice, but they certainly put the antennas up around the Steelers, Lions, um, Buccaneers, and Saints, and the rest of the league, that if they get in the, if they get in the playoffs, that's how you win is because you run the ball. And that and a run game travels. Yeah, and I think one of the most interesting parts about the run game this past Sunday was they didn't, like, especially to start the game, they really didn't have a whole lot of success. And when they did, it was three, four, five yards, and then they just stuck with it. And, and like you mentioned, in that fourth quarter, were able to just finally impose their will and, and really wear down that Seahawks defensive line. It was a thing of beauty to see. Um, and I was I was thoroughly impressed, um, especially with the dedication that they had to, to stick to the run. But to flip to the uh, other side of the line um, on defense, uh, there was some news today that Davion Nixon was released on his birthday um, nonetheless. Uh, do you know any backstory on that, on on why, why he was released? Uh, I know Henry Anderson was activated, and I don't know if that plays – a part in it, but uh, any any backstory on on that situation? I tweeted this a while back, according to sources, and uh, a lot of Panther fans got all bent about it. It's just a lack of talent. Like it's it's just just a lack of talent. I mean, it's just you're not good enough to make the fifty three. You don't yeah. cut the players. I know Panther fans were high on them. I, I think I was one of the guys that said, "Watch out for this fifth round pick." It just hasn't materialized. I, it's not. I don't. I like the guys. One of the funniest, coolest, kind of nicest guys to be around is just lack of talent. You don't put defensive lineman talent on the practice squad, and you don't waive them. And then he cleared waivers last time. Like no one else picked him up. It's yeah, kind of is what it is. That's all. I mean, it's cut and dry type of business right there. Yeah, I want to go back to Wilkes here because um, you know there's a lot of players vocally speaking in support of him in the locker room and a lot of fans, frankly, on Twitter. Um, Will, (laughs) your person, your personal, well, I guess I'll start with this and then get your personal opinion, but do you think it's Wilkes' job to lose the head coaching position and then 
What is your take on him so far in his in his tenure here? I think if he gets in the playoffs, it's almost his job to lose. The only way that it's not – if they get in the playoffs, the only way they don't hire Steve Wilkes is if David Tepper goes out and finds a big name. And it's not going to be Sean Payton, but a, a name like that. If Whoever it might be, that's the only way. Because you cannot look at a fan base and say, hey, you haven't tasted winning in three and a half years. This man gave it to you. He's not the right man for the job. Like You can't do that. I like Steve a lot. I think Steve is a good man for the job. I don't know if he's the best man for the job or not. I, it's just, I don't know enough about other coaches. I don't know who's available. I, I don't know the inner workings of what they want to bring offensively. I have no idea. But I do know that he should be an NFL head coach. Whether that's with the Panthers, it's not up for me to decide. I think he would be a good fit. I don't think there'd be anything wrong with it. You can go wrong in a lot of other places. And I do think that if David Tepper, when David Tepper makes this hire, if you don't hire Steve Wilkes, you have to hire the right man. And I mean the right man, because if you get it wrong and you had a guy that gave you some success, then forget about it. Like sell the team. Like because, and I don't mean because you're an idiot. I mean because you're just going to get bombarded. And it's a hard thing to do. And that's not me being flippant about it. It is very hard to be a billionaire, own an NFL team. Of course, we'd all love that life, right? But let's not act like he just wakes up makes a decision to hire a coach is very easy or to go out and get the quarterback. It's easy. Like if it, it's just not, there's a lot of things that he's got to deal with. We don't even know about, but if he doesn't get this one, right. And he had a man that did give the team success that just watch out because the backlash will be, the backlash is strong now. And he's really only made one bad hire. Like that, he's only done one bad thing. And that's getting rid. Not that it was bad to get rid of Rivera. It made the time may have just hit the, the end and you always want your own guy. Rule didn't work out, and he has been lambasted over it despite all the things he does in the community, despite all the charity work, despite all the things he's done with FC, getting companies like Honeywell to come here. I mean, he does a lot with the city of Charlotte. FC is here only because of David Tepper. Raleigh's a much better city for soccer, but it came to Charlotte because of Rule. But the fans don't see all that, and I don't know if they even care emotionally because they see their team getting smacked every Sunday. Now they're playing well. So if they if they if he doesn't hire Rule, I mean uh, Wilkes, he has to get it right, and even if it's a big name, it has to work. It's the most important hire, arguably, guys, since God knows when for the Panthers. And then they got to figure out the quarterback spot because no great coach is going to win without a quarterback. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. Right now, new customers can bet just five dollars on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, points total, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. This week, I am going to pick the game because Bryson had the Vikings winning last week, didn't turn out so well. We are both on the train of the Panthers this week. A little biased, but, you know, them coming off of the win versus Seattle was huge. Defense is playing well. Run game is just steamrolling teams right now. And we got the Panthers. They are favored by two and a half points. We got them covering that spread and beating the Steelers on Sunday. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code TPPN. And I and I do agree with you. I talked to Bryson about this going back on your answer. Um that you can already see the fan base building the support for Wilkes. So I feel like whoever, if they don't go with Wilkes, the coach that comes in is already going to be, you know, hands tied with the fan base because they're going to, they wanted Wilkes and it's already yeah, building. But I line. will say, I'm on Twitter a lot during the game. I mean, it's, it's kind of all I do, right? I got the game in front of me at the field and then my computer. At that Bengals game, it, Wilkes was done. Like nobody wanted Wilkes. That Wilkes was dead to everybody in the fan base. And that had changed. Like, it's week to week. Like, fans are fanatical. That's the definition. They're not necessarily smart. Not that there aren't smart fans, but they react emotionally. So, they lose. Who knows what's going to happen if they lose to Pittsburgh. They're going to be down on them again. And then they'll be up again if they beat the Lions. You know, it's it's like politics or the 24-hour news cycle. It's like, who's the flavor of the month? It, it, it constantly changes because it's so emotional. And Tepper needs to be smart enough, and I think he is, where he dismisses himself from all that emotion and the up and down. All the obviously all the down with rule got too much. And if Wilkes gets in the playoffs, you can't ignore it either. Well, let's talk about the fans because that was, you know, one of the sticking points of Wilkes's press conference on Monday. And we talked about it before we got on here. Um, but he said on Monday the fans need to show out show up for this weekend's game against the Steelers. I look today, Bryson, I know, has been looking, trying to get some tickets. I think the cheapest right now on Vivid Seats Ticketmaster is about a buck thirty a seat, which, oh, wow. I mean, we're looking. I looked at Lions game next week, and it's in the 20 to 30 range for us. I think a lot of that's Steelers. Definitely. So I'm just curious. You've covered this team for a while now. Any games, you know, Wilkes kind of talked about it for, but for you personally, any games come to mind about the stadium being super loud um, when you have been covering this team that you can remember? Yeah, the uh, red. Oh, excuse me, the uh, Commanders game when Cam came back, like after the um, Cardinals game, that was the loudest I've heard it in years. The most energy outside the state. It was an event. It was the first time I truly felt like we were at an event. Uh, that was the best atmosphere I've seen. And I've just so everyone knows, I've been here since the year after they went to the playoffs and lost to the Saints. So it was that was that 18? I think 19, 18, 19. I think it was, it was 18. 18. It was 18. Yeah. 18 is when they went to the playoffs. So I got here at 19. Okay. So I have not seen, you know, that success, unfortunately, quite yet. Um, but so it was, it would be the game that Cam came back, which is unfortunate because it was a meaningless game that they lost. Um, Sunday against the Steelers, I'm interested because I think most of those tickets have already been sold. You know, Steelers fans saw that, that writing on the wall a long time ago. Panthers fans assumed they were going to be out of it a long time ago and they sold those tickets. I think it's already sold. So I think any cries for a blue sea are kind of, irrelevant only because that decision and that sale has already been made. And I think the funny part is, is that Carolina is actually playing, playing for something and the Steelers are essentially 
out of the yeah. race in, in, in their division. So uh, that, that, that is very funny that the Steelers kind of had the foresight to, to get the tickets in Carolina and it, and it, and it turns the opposite <laughs> way for them. So, Bryson, you've been around. Um, I mean, you've lived here in North Carolina for a majority of your life. Any big games? Because I, I wasn't here either. My my The loudest game for me was the Washington game. I was at that last year, and that was insane. But anything that comes to mind that you've been to? Yeah, I think uh, it was 20, 2018, uh, the opening game, 2018. I believe they played Dallas. I think that was 2018. And I was, uh, I was here as a fan that day. I wasn't working quite yet. I just moved there two days ago. Okay, uh, and Luke Holmes was the was the halftime uh, oh. entertainer, so th- that's how long ago it was. But uh, but yeah, that that game just because of the hype for the season uh, was very loud. And then, like Will mentioned, that the Cam Newton game last year, I was there. It was, I mean, that was one of my personal highlights as a fan ever in Carolina, just because of the emotion behind Cam Newton coming back and you know the "I'm Coming Home" song play. And as he walks out of the tunnel, it was just crazy to experience. And I'm I'm glad I, I got to do that. My wife, for everybody that, you know, that's an older fan around an OG, my wife used to have season tickets, and she said that she was at the Cardinals NFC Championship game. She said mm. it was the loudest she's ever heard play. Like, she said it was insane, and she's a diehard uh, Panthers fan. And so for anyone that's thinking that one, that one I think probably by most people that are Panthers fans, that would be – everyone's answer if that if they were at that game and Steve Wilkes noted that game too when he was asked definitely yeah if, if I was lucky enough to go to that one I, I think I would have I, I bet the stadium was shaking yeah <laughs> Will thoughts on the game this weekend real quick before we let you go run the ball like Steelers can't stop it they have quarterback issues as well they Kenny Pickett's in concussion protocol so you got Kenny you got Mitch Trubisky and Who's the third guy? Um, Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph, yeah. Uh, splitting reps right now with the first team. I mean, this is a perfect storm. Like, you're getting in a really good spot to where you're playing a team that doesn't have a lot to play for, has quarterback issues, they can't stop the run, Lions can't stop the run, Bucks can't stop the run, Saints can't stop the run. I mean, it's taken us three years to figure out our identity despite saying our identity was always to run the ball, but now we're actually doing it. And we're coming up against – it's like everything's – nothing has fallen the Panthers' way in years. It's starting to fall their way. I don't know if they're going to take advantage of it. I don't know if they're going to win all four games. But I would – they have a better chance of winning them all, all four of them than they do losing all four of them for the first time in a while. And it starts with the Steelers, and I think it's a great matchup because our defense will light them up, and their defense can't do – can't stop what we do best. Um, my biggest worry, as always, is someone like T.J. Watt. Now, we have a great offensive line that can prevent that, which is something we haven't been able to say in a really long time. So if you can neutralize the big play, if you just have to neutralize the big play, then you're in, a, you're in good shape. I mean, think about the Seahawks game. We're all flying really high, but if they don't have those two interceptions, and that's the name of the game, right, in the NFL, win the turnover battle, you win the game. So if you – don't get those two interceptions, that game may not go the Panthers' way. They had that quick 10-0 lead. Uh, so against the Steelers, you have to do what you're expected to do now because this is the first time in a long time the Panthers are actually expected to probably win. Do you guys know what this – let's see what the uh, – It's two and a half. We're favored? Mm-hmm. Favored a two and First and time half. in – since when? Years. <laughs> like, for time. real. Yeah. The first time this year, we yeah. were supposed to be underdogs. We were – like when the – 
Vegas did the thing at the beginning of the year. We were underdogs in every single game. Yeah. So for the first time in more than a year, we are favored to win a game, and we're at home. And it's two and a half, so that means the neutral site, they would be favored by half a point. Kind of shocked me, honestly. But that just shows that they don't trust the Panthers yet, in particular because of the offense. You can't go out there and rely on the offense to do 30 points. You know, you just you can't. That doesn't mean it won't happen, but I like the matchup, and I like the Lions game is the one that makes me the most nervous because they can score. Can we keep up with them if all of a sudden we start we can't get off the field fast enough defensively? That's the one that makes me nervous. Yeah, I would agree that the Lions are playing really well right now, and that offense, shockingly under Jared Goff, <laughs> is doing really well. Right now, Monte Brown's a stud wide receiver, but like I know we all ripped it. Um, Initially, because I didn't like the position pick. I loved the player in J.C. Horn. But we seem to have a shutdown corner, arguably like a shutdown corner for the next 10 years. And we ended up getting a left tackle in Nikki the year after. I thought Rashawn Slater should have been the pick, not J.C. Horn the year before. But I don't, you know, who knows what they would have done the year after in the Icky draft. So, like, you can take a player of Amon St. Brown's caliber out of the game. Like that's that offense could suck. Like that's what's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well I guess uh one more thing to add, even if they do lose to the Lions, go. uh, you know, they go three and one and they beat the Bucks, they still win the division. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. You if you just gotta take care of business in division is yep. the most important thing. And then you don't need any help. All right, you need, I guess you probably need do you, can they lose one game and not get any help? Yeah, if it, I believe if because if they win out without any help, they uh, if they, they win out no matter what they're in. Yeah. Okay. So as, yeah. So I guess the Bucks would have to lose them, which yeah. they're going they're going to lose this weekend to the to the Bengals. The Bengals, so. right? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, and that think game about, was... Think about it. The damn Saints took care of business on Monday Night Football. My wife and I were on a plane watching that game, and I was about to take my iPad and throw it, throw it, and, and knock out the shortest <laughs> or flat down, whatever you call her. I was so like furious watching it because that would have right now we would have a four way tie in the NFC mm. South that the Saints won. That would be crazy, absolutely nuts. <laughs> yeah, you can't make that one out. That's right? Saints just can't get it done. A huge, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> well, Will, we want to thank you so much for coming on with us, Panthers on Tap. I know it's been a while. We appreciate you taking the time. You guys can give him a follow. It's at Will Kunkel Fox on Twitter. You can watch him live weekdays on Queen City News, Charlotte Sports Live at 11. Give his podcast some love as well, A Relatable Journey. Pleasure to have you on, Will. Love you, boys. Thanks for having me on again. Man, I love coming on this podcast, for real. Thanks, man. We really appreciate that. Yeah, and that was Will Kunkel, Queen City News, Charlotte Sports Live with us. Always good to have him on. Bryson, let's talk a little bit. Uh, we were talking about J.C. Horn, but that was something we really didn't get much into. Thought he had a hell of a game on Sunday. Played outstanding. I thought C.J. Henderson had a bounce-back game for the Panthers. One of his best games, too. He had a pick. J.C. should have probably had two on the day. Missed the toe tap on the sideline, but JC really coming into his own as a corner. Yeah. I think he leads the league in uh, the lowest completion percentage allowed. So I don't know what metric you personally would go off of for best corner in the league, but 
I would say that's pretty damn good uh, stat to base that off of. Uh, I mean, you know, I've I've been a, a strong proponent of uh, of Justin Fields and um, them taking Justin Fields that they should have taken Justin Fields that that whole boat there. And I'm still on that boat, but it's just so hard to um, kind of be on that boat and still pull for for J.C. Horn I, and and show people that I'm happy with that pick as well. Just, you know, sometimes you personally would prefer a franchise quarterback, especially in the position that the Panthers have been in for a long time. But uh, we are lucky to have gotten a generational talent at cornerback, it seems. I mean, he is – I mean, just – I mean, was it the first play of the game or one of the first plays of the game that he picks off Geno Smith on that absolutely ridiculous coverage that he had on that little out corner route and then he just drifted back to the to the further one and – read Gina like a book and, and picked it off. I mean, he's just extremely, extremely talented. And to have somebody like that on your defense, just really to take away half the field, take away the other team's number one wide receiver, which I believe he covered DK Metcalf about 80% of the time versus the Seahawks, which is good to see. Although the Metcalf touchdown came when TJ Carey was covering him. Uh, but uh, overall, man, I'm just, I'm just happy. And I hate that those two players have to be pitted against each other, but uh, just, you know, that comes with the territory of, of Carolina's situation. So uh, happy overall and excited to see, uh, you know, his, his future here in Carolina. Yeah, that was the second play of Seattle's first time on offense in that game. So two plays into their series with the pick outstanding. I mean, if you haven't seen the replay on it, it's ridiculous. He blankets D uh, he, Blankets DK Metcalf and then rolls off that coverage. Reads, uh, follows um, Geno Smith's eyes, picks it off. He was going to lock it on an out route and just completely. I really thought he was going to return it all the way until the turf monster got him and he tripped and fell. But yeah, man, was that awesome! And if you, I don't know if you saw the replay, Bryson, but Brandon Smith was literally inches from tipping it. And that could have really fucked that whole shit up because uh, he literally, I mean, he reached out and it, I mean, the ball went past his arm and it luckily it did because I don't think he saw DJ behind him, but that could have been a whole different situation if that would have happened. So, but anyway, hell of a play by him. And then he had the one where he broke on the ball. I think it was, it was out to DK on an out route to the sideline. He broke on it or it was a curl route. He broke on it, just couldn't get the second foot down. But that was another outstanding play. And then C.J. Henderson, he broke on one. Should have almost had a pick six. He broke on one. He missed it. And then he had one. He had an interception later. So both those guys played well. And I know Steve Wilkes had said, I think it was either earlier in the week or last week, that he sat down with those guys personally and you know, kind of went over some things with them. So it's clearly paying off. And I hope it. I hope they keep this thing rolling uh, because they're playing at a really high level. JC, especially, he's he's been outstanding this year. I mean, he's he. I I feel like he's definitely outplaying Sertan. I know a lot of folks last year gave a lot of credit to Sertan, and you know he did well. And obviously, JC was hurt, but yeah, he's just he's playing at a an elite level right now. So that's good. I hope he keeps it up because. You know, Steelers do have some wideouts. I mean, those guys are not nothing to gloss over. They do have Pickens. Is that is right? Is that right, Pickens? Yep. I feel like he hasn't really caught on yet, but 
that's a guy a little bit of worrisome for me. Um, who's the other guy? Johnson is that the other? Deontay Johnson. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and Fryer move too. You don't you can't forget about him either. So yeah, they, they got they got talent on that in that receiving core uh, on that team. So it's going to be interesting versus this defense. But another player I wanted to shout out from Sunday. Is just absolutely just a lightning bolt for this team. And I know he's one of your favorite players. And we got to get his jersey. Uh, it's Frankie Louvu, man. What a Ooh. game. What a game from Frankie. <laughs> he absolutely showed out. It seemed like every drive was making a play uh, when the Panthers needed it most. And just a true leader of this team. And he's become the best linebacker on this team and one of the best defensive players overall. He was the highest graded player by Pro Football Focus. Uh, on this defense from this past Sunday. So uh, I'm just so thoroughly impressed with him and how lucky we are to have him on the contract we got him on. That was a great find by uh, Fitterer. Uh, I don't know if it was Rule or, or whoever, but it was a great find, and, and I hope he's in Carolina for a long time. Yeah, he has – oh, man, he is – he's just so likable. He, he really is. Just everything about him on and off the field. I love him. He – he played lights out. Another guy I want to give a shout out to is Shaq Thompson. I feel like we've we've been on his ass and deservedly so earlier in the season, but I feel like he has come into his own these last couple games, getting past breakups, you know, flying around the field. Looks more like he did last year. Uh, you don't, you might not see that show up in the stat sheet all the time, but he has really. I feel like he has played really well over the last two weeks. So that's another guy. I know we get hard on Brian Burns because he didn't have the another sack. He did have a half sack they credited him with. But Steve Wilkes did say on Monday, it might not still show up in the stat sheet, but Will, uh, Brian Burns had a really good game, according to Wilkes. He set the edge on a lot of plays and had had some um, his hand on some plays that you might not think of um, just because he didn't have the sack. But again, he's he's got 10 and a half sacks this year. He's four and a half away from tying the franchise season record. And that is held by, I believe it's Greg Hardy, which is crazy. That guy was a maniac. And I believe it was, God, the guy's escaping me. I think he was a coach for this team. Was it Green? I think it was Kevin Green had 15 as well. So don't quote me on that, but I thought that's who it was. So, yeah, I mean, Burns still, I mean, he's got four games left. He needs four and a half. Um, you can do it. Hopefully he gets it. But yeah, let's let's talk about Steelers. Uh, big game this weekend. Um, this Panthers team cannot look overlook them at all. I don't I don't care if it's five and eight, and you know Kenny Pickett might not be playing, but this team, you know, they're they're nothing to you know look over and forget about because this could be a trap game in the making. Um. You know, I know Carolina's playing well right now, but I just don't want them. To, you know, Tomlin's always going to have those guys ready. So, uh, what what do you see in this matchup? Yeah, I I hate to be emotional um, and come off as up and down every week, but I really don't think this game's going to be close. The, the Steelers are playing some pretty bad football, uh, and with Kenny Pickett being out, who is by far their best quarterback right now, and I think. Even Mike Tomlin said, if Pickett can't go, it's going to be Mason Rudolph this week. I, uh, I I feel for Mason Rudolph having to go against J.C. Horn in this defense. 
And the running game hasn't been very good with Najee Harris. He's kind of been a letdown this season. They do have talented wide receivers, but as we know in Carolina, if you don't have a quarterback, the receivers can't really make that much of a difference. So uh, their defense, like Will mentioned, can't stop the run. Uh, although they do have T.J. Watt, you know, who, who can make a difference in the game. We know that very well as Carolina Panthers fans. But I'm nothing about this team moves me. Nothing about this team scares me. I just – I feel very confident in Carolina going into this week, playing defense, running the ball, and then play action off the run. I think Carolina is going to win comfortably. And, you know, as, as the fans have heard, this is my pick this week. Uh, Carolina minus two and a half, take it. It's free money. You're on mute. Wow. I didn't, I didn't expect you to come out guns blazing on that. Um I've gained a little bit more confidence. I'll say that I was I didn't pick Carolina to win last game. I thought it was I did. I think it was me too much, too much in Seattle for them. And I'm glad I'm glad I was wrong because they showed out and they've won now two straight. First one on the road. I've gained a little bit more confidence. I guess I'll pick first score-wise and then give you a little bit of time. But I will say this Pittsburgh's Biggest point differential over the last four weeks is seven, which it seems a little bit alarming. They've only lost by seven or less um, in the last four, and they're two and two over that span. Um, but like I said, I have a little bit more faith in Carolina coming off the you know the statement win in Seattle. I feel like the defense has to play at a high level. Uh, they need to continue to create turnovers. I think the run game has to be there. You can't rely on Sam Darnold at this point. And if Kenny Pickett is out, I think that helps Carolina. And I will take them 24-17. They win by a touchdown. Okay. Um, before I give my prediction, I have to uh, apologize to two player, well, to a player and a coach um, in Carolina. Uh, I'm not ready to forgive Chuba Hubbard fully yet. Uh, for the pain and suffering and PTSD he has caused me. But he did have a very good game versus the Seahawks and showed a lot of stuff that I haven't seen personally from Chuba since he's been on this team. So uh, if he can stack more games like the one he had this past week where I picked him up off waivers and started him and he got me damn near 20 points in fantasy football, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lay off with Chuba for a little bit. Uh, and then Steve Wilkes, uh, I have been the – on the boat of, you know, bringing in somebody new to Carolina for a fresh start. And that win going to Seattle against the playoff team and one of the hardest places to play in the league is really starting to, to make me second-guess myself. And, you know, a, a lot obviously depends on how they finish out the season. If they lose all four games, obviously, I don't think Steve Wilkes is going to come back. But if they do go 4-0 or 3-1 and or maybe even 2-2, two and two, I really just don't see how Carolina can't bring Wilkes back with the way he has the team playing. So uh, I, I really wanted to get that out there. Now, uh, my, my pick for this game, like I mentioned, I don't think it's going to be very close. Uh, I don't think the Steelers are going to score a whole lot. I think Carolina wins this game 24 to 10. All right, there you have it, folks. We want to thank everyone for listening to Panthers on Tap podcast. You can catch our episodes Every week, wherever you get your podcast, go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap for all your analysis and breaking news. And as always, 